All right, there we go. Here we are. Fixing it. Uh, yeah. Hey. Hi there. <laughs> Hi, friends. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Latara. And I'm Laura. And this is Passions, passions Podcast. Podcast. We're going to talk about Passions episodes 30 and 31 today. That's right. Woof. You can listen in if you want. Episode 30. <laughs> Woof. Episode 30 felt very long to me. Okay, it felt like I remember I paused and then we were 16 minutes in and it felt long because a lot had happened. Like yeah. a lot of shit happened in a short amount of time. I felt like and so it was hard for me to keep up because there was a lot of things yeah. happening in a lot of different places and people moving to different places. I would agree. So and I think that's part of the reason that I personally just kind of struggled to even figure out where are they like where is this character now because they seem to have teleported from one location to the next without any kind of explanation or time yeah there's no sense of time in this show at all no this there is not this one was difficult to follow they're living on soap opera time it wasn't it wasn't difficult for me it wasn't hard to follow i understood what was going on there were a couple of times where i was like where are they like Mm -hmm. you said where the fuck where are they? But because nobody explained anything, I don't know. There's no transition. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like in most film and TV, they take the time to set up timelines. They put transitions in place so we know how characters have gotten from point A to point B, unless it's the last season of Game of Thrones. But that's like one of the things that people like complained about with Game of Thrones. It's like this timeline doesn't make any sense. I, and that is being applied to this soap opera. I mean it took them five seasons to get <laughs> took her five seasons just to no, like seven seasons just to get to Westeros. Right? And then somehow she can get to the fucking wall and back again. Right. Like in a day. Uh, yeah. In like Oh, a matter of hours, but that's a whole different podcast. It's a whole different podcast. <laughs> but like those, that it was that same kind of feeling. This entire episode felt like that. Yeah, over and over and over again. Yeah. So let's dig into episode thirty. All right. I because I, I honestly, I honestly really enjoyed this episode. There was a lot happening, and mm-hmm. I smiled a lot. I cringed a lot. It, I felt <sighs> a lot of emotions. I spent a long time. Hiding behind my own hand <laughs> out of sh- the shame of what was happening on but screen. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Just bringing it back shame. to Game of Thrones. <laughs> shame. Game of Thrones. Anyway. So, episode 30 opens at the Harmony Free Clinic. Now we have a name for where Eve Russell works. She is a doctor at the Harmony Free Clinic. I don't know if that's like her practice, if she opened the Harmony Free Clinic. Right. I don't know. But anyway. And remember, she was checking out Whitney's tennis arm, and TC had come in and said that she should quit her job and blah, 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 because he's really intense about her getting on the Olympic team. Super intense about it. Yeah, intense isn't even a strong enough word. It's like maniacal. (laughs) (laughs) She must, she must, she must. She will be on the tennis team. Yeah. So... Eve tells Whitney it's just a little tendonitis, you know, take it easy. Mm-hmm. And they mention a party. And we're like, what party? <laughs> what the fuck is this party? Yeah, they mention a party. She says, um, well, you can't go to the party tonight. And then Whitney says, well, please, I want, really want to go and blah, blah, blah. They, again, don't say what the party is. And then Eve and TC kind of relent and say, yeah, okay, we're, we're, we'll see you at the party too. Okay, they're going to a party. Cool. 
who knows when and where. Yeah. So <laughs> Winnie leaves, and then TC and Eve have a little conversation. What do they talk about? They do. Eve looks at TC and says, what if Whitney didn't make the tennis team? What would it do to her? And what would it do to you? Yeah, what if she didn't make that Olympic team? Yeah, what would happen? Because Eve is really concerned with how things are moving forward between TC and I I think both of his daughters, but Whitney just happens to be at the center of this conversation. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think she's worried about their relationship. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, I read about... Like a skate, an ice skater or a gymnast. A gymnast, I think. I think yeah. Gymnast who doesn't even talk to her father anymore. You know. Yeah, she's really concerned that TC is pushing Whitney too far, and then he tells a story about how she's the person who's doing the pushing. Whitney is pushing herself, not him putting too much on her. But Eve is really just concerned about the quality of the relationship between her daughter and her father. And just wants to make sure that no matter what happens, that that they maintain that relationship Mm -hmm. and that closeness. Yeah, she wants them to always be close no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. That seems a little foreshadowy, Mm -hmm. you know. We'll see. Also, she says, I just want to make sure that you and Whitney are always close. And I wrote, what about Simone? (laughs) Yeah, Simone is just... An afterthought. It's sad. What about Simone? Don't you? I feel like the better way to say that would be, I just want to make sure you and our girls are always close. Yeah. It would have definitely been a better way. I mean, Simone is, no wonder she's just always with Kay and is always like allowing herself to be mistreated by Kay. Yeah. You know, I think it must be like built into like her whole life and started really with the family dynamic. I don't know. I I feel really bad for Simone. And I don't know her at all. I feel, uh, yeah, I kind of feel bad for Simone. And we don't even know her at all. You're right. We don't know her yet. But Simone's, Simone's time is coming. Don't you worry. Oh, boy. Um, so, Winnie leaves. And she goes back down to the harbor. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> runs into Teresa. Literally, Teresa runs into her. It's a lot of... There's a lot of collision yeah. that happens in this show. People, like, yeah. run directly into each other. Yeah. And Teresa's frantic. Whitney, Whitney, you gotta help me. You gotta help me. He's after me. He's help me. And Whitney hides Teresa in a barrel. That's and right. sits on top of it, on top of the barrel, and tries to kind of hide her face. Ethan comes by and says, excuse me, do I know you? Did you see a girl run by here? And she's like, I don't, you probably just know me from town. Like, and she's like hiding her face from him. She's very suspicious. And he just takes it. He's like, okay, well, all right. And then he goes on about his business, keeps looking for Teresa. And she lets Teresa out of that barrel. <laughs> barrel. And Teresa's like, oh, it smells like fish in here. It's like, girl, you lucky you're not in jail. Which I think is what Whitney said to her. Yeah. So it's like, what about thank you, Whitney, for keeping me from going to jail? <laughs> Oh, Lord. So, Ethan is still on the hunt for Teresa. Yep. Will they ever meet again? We shall see. Let's see. So, Wendy and Teresa head back to Teresa's home. And Wendy tells Teresa, the game is over. Mm. Right? You're done. Finito. She says, like, every word for final that you could think of. (laughs) Officially. Officially. And Teresa says to her... Well, actually, the fact that I got away just means that the angels are on my side. The di- this girl is Looney Tunes. The direct quote is, making it back from the pier only proves one thing. 
The angels are on my side. I am meant to keep the job with Mrs. Crane because it's going to change my life. She's a looney tune. <laughs> she is Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig. She is a looney tune. Wild E, Coyote, all of them. Looney tunes, this one. I, I just don't get it. So... <laughs> So, uh, Wendy's just like I don't even know what to say to you anymore Teresa <laughs> but she still fucks with Teresa heavy <laughs> yes she does that means to be a I mean I just okay so let's talk about Sheridan now and the cranes let's transition into the cranes now Sheridan and the cranes so when we last saw Sheridan Crane she had once again crashed her car for the third time in four days <laughs> She crashed her car into Luis's new car. She she was arguing with him about her crashing her car into his car. And trying to blame it on him. Yeah. And we cut back into the same scene where Sheridan is screaming at Luis. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. That woman. She's awful. She's terrible. And I know that the show is trying to make us feel bad for her. But personally, I don't. She's making her poisonally. She's making herself look so bad at every turn. Mm -hmm. I just cannot be on her side Mm -hmm. right now. And if I ever am going to be, then tremendous change has to occur because this woman is awful, horrific. And again, she kind of pulls like the family name and blah 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 blah. It's trying to make Luis at fault for the accident that she caused. I don't. Whatever. So anyway, she's yelling at him. And for some reason, Luis, instead of arresting her, just writes her a ticket. I think it was because, I, first of all, I think Luis does have, like, a weird softness for her. He doesn't want to admit that he has a softness for her, mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, he just arrested her, like, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she she's up for arraignment. I think he took so much shit for arresting her the first time like, he doesn't want to go through all of that again, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And Luis is not out to make the Cranes' lives miserable. He just wants them to see justice. Right. Right? He just wants the world to be fair. So it's not like he wants her to be miserable just because she's a Crane. He just wants what's fair. So, I mean... I don't know. I, I feel like it's fair to be arrested if you run into a completely stopped car and T-bone them again. Yeah. I Well, I don't know. People don't people don't get arrested for hitting cars. Like people don't get arrested when they have a car accident. I guess you that's know what true. I mean. Yeah. She got arrested the first time because she was fleeing. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you know that's true. That's a good point. So he wrote her a ticket, and she's like, oh, "You're not going to take me to jail." And he's like, "No, just <laughs> leave." Here's a ticket for reckless driving. <laughs> yeah, he he's really over her. Yeah, I, I am too. Me, I yeah. agree with Luis. He, I think he just doesn't want to. Also, doesn't want to have to like deal with her makes sense yeah (laughs) and so sheridan is like you know what after court tomorrow you won't ever have to see me again no one in town will have to see me again i'm leaving harmony forever so the next time we see sheridan she's on the phone at the crane house trying to book a ticket a one-way ticket to rio Rio de de janeiro Janeiro. And then Ethan comes in. He's like, oh, Sheridan, good news. I found my stalker. But then I lost her. (laughs) And then he realizes what Sheridan is doing. And they start having a conversation. Right. And wait a minute. Let's talk about the fact that this bitch is in the living room. 
Yeah. I thought she couldn't go in the living room. Yeah. It was, she looked at that room at the in the last episode and cringed and shuddered and I can't that room. I can't. I mean, surely there are phones in every room in this mansion. <laughs> She's in the living room, even though they told us that she can't go in the living room. Yeah, I was very confused about that because they made such a big point of it in the previous episode. I mean, like well, 14 characters talked to Sheridan specifically about how difficult it is for her to see and be in the living room. And multiple episodes ago when she was still in Paris, she said that room. That room, yeah. It's such a big deal. It's been haunting her for I don't know, how her, old do you think Sheridan is supposed to be? I think Sher- I think Sheridan's probably about four years older than Ethan so I will put her at my, like 30. Yeah, like 30, late 20s, 30. Okay. Yeah, so this has been haunting her for like 20 years? This yeah. room? This specific room? Yeah. But, but here she is, making a... Let's book that ticket. Booking a flight to Rio de Janeiro, talking to a travel agent. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I've never, I never grew up in a time of travel agents. Girl, you know? but wait a minute. Have you know? Have you seen on Facebook? Okay. Have you seen on Facebook? I've noticed multiple people that I'm, quote, friends with on Facebook have, like, become travel agents recently. What are you talking about? I, I have... Explain. I have, like, three <laughs> friends who have been advertising on their Facebook, like, Disney vacations. Like, they're, like, Disney travel agents. But, yeah, no, that's a new thing I've noticed where uh, people are becoming travel agents again. Do you think, uh, especially if it's, like, company-specific, like Disney, do you think that this is corona-related where, like, they lost their job? This started before corona. I started seeing it before corona. I can think of two specifically. I'm not going to name them. I'm not naming names, but I can think of two specifically. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Huh. That's so interesting. One of them also used to sell Mary-Kate. They're just what the type of people are, like, constantly trying to find, like, a side hustle but get roped into Ponzi schemes, Mm. roped into MLMs. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I saw... There's a... I don't, again, want to get into specifics or name names, but there is a person I know who was, like, trying to book large group travel, but they have no experience as a tour guide or travel agent, but they wanted to put together, like, these trips to Europe where they would take groups of people and they would do, like, cultural things. So, like, Mm -hmm. cooking classes and go see you know, live performances or orchestras or, you know, go to museums and kind of do, like, these tours, which the idea of sounds appealing to me, but if you have no experience doing that and you don't speak any of the languages other than English, like, how... And you haven't spent enough time over there or lived there to to know where to take people, I don't know. Okay. But anyway... We gotta get back to passions and stop shitting on people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, So... Ethan tries to convince Sheridan not to go to Rio de Janeiro. That there's great things here in Harmony. Yeah. And she should stay and face her demons. And he loves her. And you just got back and I haven't seen you in so long. Right. And they're sitting there holding hands sensually. I, that part was creepy. <laughs> I really... They just want to bang so badly. She, she wants to bang him. She I really, think. like, is in love with her nephew. And at one point, she tells him, you know... Being in this house makes me feel like it all happened yesterday. And Ethan says, Mother, Father, Pilar, and me, we have long forgotten. So I really like that because at least we know the players involved. Mm. Because before, we knew that Sheridan was there. We found out that Ethan kind of came in, at, in the, like during the aftermath. 
we know that Pilar and Ivy know, like, we just didn't really know the players and now we do. So it's like, okay, so we're, we can back things up a little bit and learn, um, as we set the stage for this. But anyway, yeah, Sheridan and Ethan are holding hands because they're in love. And, um, <laughs> and then the phone rings. Ethan tells her, I need you. You're in my touchstone. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yes. Yeah. Direct quote, I need you, you're my touchstone. Because he wants to touch her stones. (laughs) He wants her to touch his stones. Oh, God. (laughs) So, then the phone rings, Ethan gets up to answer it. It's the airline. What should I tell them? He says to Sheridan. And she says, tell them I'm not going. And he says, yes, Sheridan Crane will not be going to Rio de Janeiro. That's right, ever. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) bye, Ethan. So they have a gift for Pilar because it's her birthday. Mm -hmm. We find out it's Pilar's birthday. So everybody in this episode multiple times have talked about the party. Are you going to the party? And every single time I'm like, what is this party? Eventually we find out. Pilar is having a birthday party. Her kids are throwing a surprise birthday party for her. We'll get into that more in just a moment. Don't you worry. It's It's, a lot. It's a coming. Oh, my goodness. But just to finish up Ethan and Sheridan, it's Pilar's birthday. They have a gift for her. Ethan says, oh, I forgot to give Pilar her gift. We can just drop it by her house. They don't know she's having a party. They just are going to take her a gift. Because Ethan knows where she lives, and he just loves going to her fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan loves to surprise drop in on Pilar, Pilar and her family. It's like, leave that woman alone. Like, if my boss, if my principal showed up here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Just, reg- just, why are you here? Yeah. Get out. So, yeah, he, I don't know. He's just crossing all kinds of boundaries for me. Mm. But whatever, Ethan. So... Let's move to Tabitha. That's what I was thinking. Yay! We're moving into Tabitha. I have very few notes on Tabitha and Timmy. What I have written first is that Tabitha pours an obscene amount of sugar in her tea. (laughs) It's so much. It was a lot of sugar. It's so much sugar. It's like the amount of sugar in a pop, only like she poured it into a tea. Yeah. it was, I don't know, 64 ounces of sugar? A well. It was so much sugar. She does that thing where she takes the sugar dispenser and she starts low and then brings it high, <laughs> you know, and, and lets the sugar just cascade a yes. waterfall into her cup. Very performative. It looked delicious to me. Oof. I love sugar. Anyway. Anyway, so the real nuts and bolts of this are that Tabitha is consulting her spirit board again uh, while Timmy eats some Cheetos. Timmy <laughs> is eating his Cheetos and trying to convince Tabitha to go to Grace Bennett's house for lunch. Grace has invited Tabitha over for lunch and Tabitha's like, I'm not going over to that goody two-shoes' house. I'm like, <laughs> so Timmy's like, but... Wouldn't it be a good idea for you to keep an eye on Grace Bennett so that she doesn't run into charity? And then Tabitha says, well, how could she run into charity if she's in her kitchen? Mm-hmm. You know, where, how's she going to run into charity? But charity is in Grace Bennett's kitchen, which right. is the funny thing about this whole scene is Timmy's trying to convince Tabitha to go to Grace's house. Tabitha's saying, but we got to find Charity. But Charity (laughs) is at Grace's house. We know that, but she doesn't. The comedy of it all. So Tabitha says, without her mother, Charity is harmless until she realizes her true power. So that was something that was new to me. 
Yeah, they Tabitha basically tells Timmy that until Charity is a woman, she is powerless without her mother around. Right, because Timmy is saying, you know, how are we going to touch her? She's right. so powerful, blah, blah, blah. And she, apparently she's not so powerful unless her mother is around. I wonder if she's powerful with Grace Bennett around. That's what I was about to suggest, too. Because it seems like whenever any of those three players, Faith, Grace, and Charity, are around each other, their power is magnified. And so I would presume that Charity and Grace would experience the same thing. Right. I I don't know. I'm not sure, but I I imagine that Grace has the same... Because Grace apparently has great power, too. Right. Because so, she was supposed to do what Charity's supposed to do now. Is Faith, like, the kind of like the conduit and, like, Grace and Charity are actually the more powerful? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I do know that Grace supposedly has the same kind of power that Charity had and mm-hmm. Faith doesn't have really any power. Right. I don't know, though. She's kind of like the, ga- like the gatekeeper. Like, she has the knowledge and the information. Right. But she kind of has to use that through these Someone two else. other people. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, they're looking at the <laughs> spirit board because Tabitha's trying to figure out where is Charity? Where is Charity? Sound like the reap. Oh, <laughs> how dare you? I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recently. So good. I don't like Dorit. I love I it. Don't like her. Love Erica. Love Erica. Hate Dorit. Hate Dorit. Moving Dorito. on. So... <laughs> The spirit board spells out next door. Because <laughs> Timmy is right all along. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, she's next door at the Bennett home. So Tabitha heads back to her favorite place, lurking in the bushes outside <laughs> of the Bennett home. I love it. I just love it. But she's too late. Charity is gone by this point. By this point, yeah. By this point. So she heads over there to lurk, but Charity is gone by this point. But what happens at the Bennett house before Tabitha gets there, if you remember, Charity was on the phone in the kitchen talking to her mother, explaining not to worry, this is where I am, I'm with Miguel, his mother is here, everything is fine, I'll be home before dark. Meanwhile, Grace comes in through the back door and is doing her laundry in the background and... It does a little voiceover work. Oh, my God. I <laughs> hate these. Some of them are great, but this one, I hate it. She, yeah, the voiceover was like, what was it? I don't remember. I don't know. I didn't write it down. You know what? My my notes start to really dwindle right around this okay. point. Like, <laughs> All right. We'll do... Okay. So, we'll do our best. Basically, she said something along the lines of like, oh, this... I think it was like, she sounds serious. I wonder if everything's okay. And then out loud... Grace was like, I think she's got it under control. Like, it was like this weird half voiceover, half delivered. Yeah. Pick a lane, Passions. Yeah. Pick a lane. Yeah. Is it going to be in her head or is it going to be out loud? You know? I get it. If it was two different scenes, I would let it slide. But it was the same thought. Right. Back right? to back. I, it just... It was... It just... It, I know it's a small thing, It's but just it annoying really, and stupid. It's annoying and stupid. It's sloppy is what it is. And it pulls me out of what is happening, because then I just start questioning, like, the <laughs> making of it, instead of just staying with the story. So, I'm questioning everything these days. <laughs> I question all of this. Yeah. It's questionable. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. Yeah. So, anyway, Faith is like, you know, at least give me the house number so that I know you're there, but, like, give me the number if I need to get in touch with you, just in case anything happens. So... Charity gives her mother the the phone number, and Grace 
leaves because she's like, oh, I have to, I have to pop around the shop. I, I, she didn't say it so like that. So how did she, I, 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 she, I think I missed this. How did Charity get the phone number? Did I she think ask it was for written, it? Well, like house phones, I don't know if yours did, but we had our house phone number like written on the phone. Oh, no, we did not. Oh. I was a 6226115. I don't know if I can remember. Nine, uh, I don't remember it. I'll never forget it. I, well, I, we moved, so like I don't, I don't remember the numbers because they're all sometimes, in my head. Sometimes when places like ask me for a phone number, if I'm like um, doing something online and they make me require me to put in a phone number, but I don't want anybody from that calling me. Like mm. I don't know if it's just something. I don't know. Though I'll put that phone number in. Oh. I don't know who has it now, but it's I not want, ours. I wonder if any listeners are going to dial that number. Don't do it. Call it. Don't do See it. See what happens. Start spamming some poor stranger. It, well, it, people are in different t- um, area codes, too. Oh, that's true. You didn't give out the area I code. I didn't give out the area code. So just call 6261 and see what happens. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> that's terrible advice. I don't think so. Because <laughs> it's an adventure. Anyway. So... So anyway, Grace leaves to go to the shop. And then Charity walks back out into the living room and is talking Ugh. to... The other kids... Misses Grace again by a second. By a split second. And it's like, you know, I really have to get going. My mom is worried. I don't know. It was weird. And then Miguel's like, <laughs> unless we find your your mother's twin sister today... Today. Then it's going to be goodbye forever. And so then <laughs> he, like, convinces Charity that the best way... To, to find, find her, her mother's, mother's long-lost twin, twin sister is to come to Pilar's birthday party <laughs> so that she can meet all of the adults in the, in their, like, friend circle and describe her mother and ask if they know if anyone in Harmony fits that description. It's absurd because what I mean, would wow. make her think <laughs> that her mother's long-lost twin is in Harmony of all right. places? Of all in the entire world. Why are you looking in harmony? I it's do, do they have a clue? It's such a flimsy excuse. It's clear that they just want to spend time together and they're grasping at straws and this is like weird teenage logic of making it all work. Maybe she's in harmony. What I mean she is, but why would you leap how do you get to that How do you get to that conclusion? Especially considering Charity and her mother have been moving all over the country and have been running away from something. I mean, from I assume from coast to coast, you know? Yeah. It, it doesn't make so, sense. So, let's talk about this party. Mm. Oh, actually, before we go to the party, let's talk about Grace and Eve very quickly. Because yeah. they don't really talk about anything. Mm. Yeah. They just give a lot of recap. Yeah. So remember, Tabitha is in her favorite place, crouching in the bushes, and she kind of pops her head through the window and sees that Eve comes into Grace's kitchen. Mm-hmm. And Eve starts talking to Grace about, are you going to the party? Yada, yada, yada. Then they talk about, uh, Grace talks about, oh, I just had a feeling about my family. And Eve says, oh, the... Sam and the girls, and she says, no, my family that I lost 20 years ago that I don't know anything about. And and so they just talk about Grace doesn't remember her first 20 years of her life, and she has a feeling that her family's out there somewhere, blah, blah, blah. We've heard it all before. We've heard it every episode at this point. Literally every episode. They won't stop reminding us of information that we already know. Yeah. Full and well. The important piece of this scene was that they said that Charity 
went to Pilar's house. Right. And that's how Tabitha knows where Charity is. So she heads over to hide in the bushes at Pilar's house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tabitha. She sings a little song. She's like, B-I-N-G-O. But she doesn't Does do she? it. I yeah, mean... but she didn't sing the right tune. It's B-I-N-G-O. B- but she's like, now we know where Charity is. She goes, B-I-N-G-O. <laughs> like, like a robot? <laughs> like the wrong rhythm, the, not the right melody. She's a robot witch. <laughs> the robot witch. I am a robot witch. <laughs> <laughs> this is great content. Anyway, so let's go to this party. I wrote very little notes once we got to the party because so much is happening. Yeah. <laughs> so much. So we get there. First of all, we were very... Com- this is where the transition confusion happens. Oof. We open on a scene in a room and... Everybody's dressed in like costumes, like Spanish costumes. Right. And <laughs> and it was it opened on Kay and Simone and Charity and Jessica. Right. And I was like, "Wait a minute. I thought Charity went to Pilar's house." And I was like, "Well, they must still be at the Bennett's house." But then you pointed out that there were decorations in the yeah, background. Yeah, <laughs> these decorations in the background. And I was like, "And Miguel's here and Charity's here and Miguel took Charity out of the Bennett home saying, "I really want to get back home before my mom gets home and so they all must have just followed him over there i guess they didn't you know they just decided not to waste any time on any transitions or they said these people will figure it out which we did it just took us a moment we were a little bit confused so we should probably tell them why everyone's in costume yes uh miguel kind of goes out of his way to explain it thank god because we were very confused (laughs) Miguel's not the one who even explains it. Jessica is. Jessica's the one who explains everything about this party oh. at this party. Remember? Oh, yeah. Jessica explains it. Because Charity says to the girls, because I, I think Miguel's gone to get changed. Oh. And Charity says to the girls, like, I, this is all great and we all look so beautiful, but what's this all about? Like, I'm not sure why we're doing this. this. <laughs> and then Jessica explains it all. Right. That Yes, you're right. So... It was, but it was Miguel's idea. That's, I think, why I misattributed it to him. So, basically, they don't tell us where the old country is. Mm -mm. All we know is that it is a Spanish-speaking country, of which there are many. So, we know that Pilar has always wanted to go back and visit the old country, wherever that is. Yeah. But she doesn't make enough money, and anything that she is able to set aside always has to go towards, like, emergency fund use. And so she's never been able to save money to travel. She always plans to go to back to the old country on for her birthday, but she just never can afford it, right. basically. So this year, Miguel decided and her kids decided to bring the old country to her. But what the fuck is this country? Right. Because th- there are so many different things. Because at one point you were like, well, that's... I think it must be Spain because that's Spanish. And I was like, well, that's a piñata. And right. that's Mexican. And this guy's got on a sombrero. Right. Like, what is this? Right. It, it, to be honest, I'm just going to say this. It's like some white person's version of Hispanic. Right? Like, it is poorly written. It's yeah. cringeworthy at best, in my opinion. No, it I is. I just... Well, and it, the, the boys' costumes all kind of look... Um, Portuguese. Yes, they do. You know, like... And so that's not even Spanish. And that, Exactly. That's not even Spanish. So, like, the whole thing is... The whole thing is just another I, symptom. I, I don't know. It's a it's mess. It's just another symptom. It's a, it's a hot, hot <laughs> mess, but... So, anyway, they're all prancing around in these ridiculous costumes. And then Miguel comes out and... 
Um, it's talking about Samba. The song comes on. He says, oh, it's a Samba. And I'll teach... First of all, the song was not a Samba. No, it was not. Second of all, he... None of it was Samba. He's like, I'll, I'll teach you, Charity, and Kay, and, um... Reese, you guys can follow along because Kay says to him, like, could you teach me? Yeah. He's like, oh, I have a better idea. I'll teach Charity and you and Reese follow along. Miguel is, like, really doing a good job of kind of, I'm staying focused. I would like to dance with Charity because I'm interested in Charity. And he's really, like, wingmanning mm-hmm. wing his friend. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, Reese, blah, blah, blah. And he thinks Kay is into it. You yeah. know what I mean? So Miguel is doing a nice job. Yeah. So then they do this dance that is not a samba. Nope. They listen to this music that is not samba nope. music. It is all wrong. And Reese has on a sombrero. It's right. all wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's all so weird. It's all very wrong. Oh, it's so wrong. <laughs> it's such a mess. Yeah, like Latin rhythms are very specific to the style of music. It and, wasn't even a Latin. It wasn't even a Latin. Exactly. It was like... It was like big band, is what it was. Yeah, yeah it wasn't it was. even Latin. It was a, it was a fucking big band. It wasn't even jazz fusion. No. It wasn't even like Latin fusion. No. It was, it was not Latin. Yeah, like, it certainly was not a samba. No, and these, <laughs> these are things about which we know. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it, I, I, the it, whole, I was just sitting there, I was just like. Oh. Cringing. I was cringing the entire time. I was like, this is so awful. Yeah. I just, anyway, we have gotten way off, Ugh. but so. Then the party's getting rolling. People are coming in. Even TC show up. They've got a present. Miguel introduces everybody who comes in to charity because she's just the most important person in his life at this point. Yeah. And so Pilar finally shows up. But before she does, Tabitha crashes. Stupid ass Tabitha. Tabitha They comes turn in. off the lights. Yeah. They turn off the lights. Tabitha comes in. They turn on the lights. Surprise! It's not Pilar. It's Tabitha. She's holding a, a gift. <laughs> And she tries to guilt trip them. She's like, oh, this looks like a fun party. My invitation must have been lost in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's just looking at her like, what is she doing here? And then Pilar walks in in and everybody's like, surprise! Uh, Tabitha ruined the surprise because she's evil. She did it on purpose. She doesn't care what level of evil. Like, she just wants to sow seeds of discord and just, like, wants to make people unhappy. But when everyone yelled surprise to Pilar, Tabitha took that moment of distraction and unplugged the clock. Right. So that Charity wouldn't notice as time went on that she was overstaying her curfew and was going to miss the last bus back home. Yeah, so there's a clock in this room, and Charity's been looking at it to make sure she can get on that last bus. Well, looks like she's going to miss that bus. Someone's going to be out past dark. Yep, uh-oh. Uh-oh. But she, okay. So they're having this party. Pilar's really grateful. The kids are like, congratulations, Mama. Not congratulations. Happy birthday, Mama, <laughs> and everything. But before Pilar comes in... Actually, we what we skipped, and I'm sorry, people, that we're so discombobulated sometimes, but Teresa, Whitney, and Luis have a conversation in Whitney's, in Teresa's room. Mm-hmm. You remember what they talked about? Yeah. Luis is chucking in with the girls, Teresa and Whitney, because they're getting ready for the party together, and he comes in and just starts bitching about Sheridan. He's just like, Sheridan this, and Sheridan that, and blah 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 And Teresa's like, well, she's not that bad, Luis. She seems kind of nice. And he goes, uh, how would you know? You've never been to the Crane Mansion. Or have you? <laughs> and Teresa kind of talks her way out of it. You know. And it's yeah, not- she says, I've seen her in magazines. And Mama talks about her and says how nice she is. So how bad could she be? Right. Right. 
So, sorry. I meant we should have said that before, but whatever. Yeah. This party's going. This party's jumping, Yeah, they were kind of getting ready at the same time, like, the kids were in the living room kind of talking about their other stuff. So, it's weird because, like, the show bounces back and forth between scenes, but also kind of, like, timelines. Right. So, it's not always easy to put together uh, in a, I don't know, in a serial way. Yeah, we do our best. Yeah. So... The next best part is that Pilar says, oh, everybody, let's go outside. Follow me. We're going to do the pinata now. Mm-hmm. And they tie a blindfold around Luis's um, face over mm-hmm. his eyes. And Teresa goes into the kitchen to, to kind get, of the, get cake. the cake ready, to do the mm-hmm. candles and all that. And Luis says, oh, it's only going to take me one swing to, mm-hmm. you know, break this pinata. And at the same time as they're going out for the pinata and getting ready for that, Sheridan and Ethan show up and that coming through the front door. And I thought, I was like, oh, he's going to swing that stick and hit Sheridan in the face. I that did he... not happen. Something much worse happened. Well, I didn't think that he was going to swing and hit Sheridan because it's. I didn't think that they would do that on TV where a man would like swing a bat and break some woman's teeth open. <laughs> but I did think he was going to knock Ethan upside the head. Yeah. Or, like, get him in the solar plexus or something. Ethan suffers more abuse at the hands of the Lopez. Exactly. Exactly. No. That's not what occurred. That is not what happened. So, Luis swings and hits the piñata. Sheridan has come through the home, but Ethan went back to the car to get the gift. And Sheridan comes out, and Luis hits the piñata in the first swing, breaks it open. And everybody's like, woo, yay. But instead of taking off his blindfold, he's just like, I told you I could do it, mama. I did a great job. Come over here. Give me a hug. And he, like, hugs a person who he can't see. And, of course, it's Sheridan. And then he's like, wait a minute. This isn't my mama. He goes, that's not mama's perfume. And I wrote this down. I said, Luis fills Sheridan up for so long. I I said, he kisses Sheridan on the cheek with his blindfold still on, but he doesn't know it's her. Says, wait a minute, that's not mama's perfume. And then proceeds to harass her. Yeah. He's just like rubbing his hands all over her hair. He's like, you've got beautiful hair, so soft hair, a very cute nose, rubbing it as if he's a blind person, like reading someone's face. It was awful. And then he's like, I sure hope your boyfriend isn't here. He, he must be a very lucky man. You're not my boy. You're not my brother's girlfriend because she would have knocked my block off by now. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm having such a good time doing this. Yeah, He's like trying to figure out who this is. And so it was gross. But at the same time. They're in, he's at his home where he's invited all of the people that he knows. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I assume he, I imagine anybody who was there, he felt like would have been comfortable with him touching them. Because, you know, I I know it's wrong. I know that he shouldn't be rubbing all over anybody. But I imagine that was his thought process. It's like, he's just like fucking around and I know all these people and we're good friends. Yeah. You know? But this was cringeworthy. It, it was, was I, beyond cringeworthy. I spent this entire time not taking notes and just hiding, like, making myself as small as possible and hiding behind my hand. Well, he does it, was it for so long. Awful. It was so prolonged. He does it for so long. And the entire party is there watching and it. And nobody and says anything. not stepping in or saying anything. Nobody says anything. And then Pilar tries to say something, but he kind of stops her then. You know, he's like, Ugh. wait, mama, it's just a bit of fun, blah, blah, blah. And then Sheridan says to him something. What did you write? I down did what not she said? write it down. She says something like, 
I wouldn't want you to arrest me for reckless driving, oh, officer, or something, and yeah. pulls up his, his blindfold, and then he sees that it's her. I wrote prolonged scene of harassment. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it, that's absolutely what it was. So then oh. Ethan, at this point, is coming into the home, walks into the kitchen, sees Teresa and Whitney ready to bring the cake out, but he's behind them. He says, oh, let me help you with that. And they both kind of free. Oh, no, they look back and see him come into the kitchen and yeah. turn and then do the funny, like, turn back yep. and are frozen. And he sees them with the cake and says, oh, let me help you with that. And Ter- he gra- kind of grabs it, but then Teresa kind of throws her face into the cake. <laughs> like, she does a full Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> she does a full Mrs. Doubtfire. And I was, like, trying to write a note at that moment, so I didn't see it. I just, I look up and I see Teresa's face covered in cake and I look at Latara and I was like did she do that or did Ethan accidentally push her face into the cake nope she did it because she's a looney tune so she just didn't want to be recognized yeah that was like the fat it's that thing it's like when you just go into flight or fight mode and you're like what the fuck can I do to get out of this situation and you don't think about it you just react yeah and that was what happened very reactionary Teresa does that Ethan's like what in the world and that's (laughs) basically the end of this episode, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, well, the one thing that we do need to say is that Faith is worried because Charity has not come home That's because she's lost episode. track of time, so she calls the phone number um, and gets a hold of Grace, and the first thing she says is, Charity's in danger! Like, the, 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 the yeah. first thing that she does when Yeah, wait, wait, wait let's, let's act this out. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? Charity's in danger! Um, I'm sorry, I don't know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so they have a conversation about Charity being in danger, and Grace goes, oh my goodness, like, did somebody call you and tell you she was in danger? That seems unlikely, she just left, you know? She's like, well, I can't explain it, but please have her call me. Right. So we're kind of left in the middle of this party. I know that episode 31, we're going to come right back to the party and see what happens. So, yeah. Yeah. Grace and Faith are talking to each other on the phone and do not recognize each other's voices. There's that moment, too, yeah. Ugh. Anyway... So, uh, yeah. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Okay. I'm up. I'm Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. You keep me alive. So, (laughs) we just finished episode 31 of Passions. And boy, oh boy, was it a doozy. It wasn't as chock full of action as the last episode of the episode prior, Mm -hmm. but there were some great moments, some fantastic moments in this episode. Definitely. Like, I laughed so hard at some of this stuff. (laughs) I laughed so loud, and it was, it's just so ridiculous. Ridiculous! This show is so ridiculous. It's everything that you want. And more. And more. You know, now that we've kind of gotten past, like, the first round of introducing characters, Mm -hmm. they're finally getting into the story. Yeah. And in pairing people up and ripping them apart and hijinks and ridiculous situations and life versus death and all this. I mean, it's great. It's an excellent show. And, And the spiritual, paranormal side of it is just, no pun intended, magical. Oh, it's so good. Oh my gosh. I just love this show, and I'm so glad we're watching it. Mm-hmm. So, this episode opens at the Bennett home, where Grace and Faith are still on the phone talking. 
And they're talking about how they somehow feel like they know one another. And they're yeah. talking to each other on the phone, don't recognize their own voices, <laughs> which is a whole, like, oh, Because, honestly, when you're on the phone, sometimes you know how, like, there's, like, feedback. You hear your voice, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I just, I would think that she would, I, but I've already made this point before. When she was out in the fog yelling for right. charity or whatever. But, yeah, they're on the phone having quite the pleasant conversation and talking about how, well, you've really made me feel so much better and I don't know why. And you, I really just feel this closeness to you. They have, but I don't know why. Even though I'm looking for a long-lost twin. They have the funniest conversation. And it starts off with them bonding a little bit about motherhood. And then they start saying lines like, we are kindred spirits. You know, I'm not so usually comfortable about strangers and blah, 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 blah. And they have the best phone conversation and almost get into Grace talking about her her past and how it's complicated. But then Sam calls <laughs> and Grace answers the other line. Her call waiting. And <sighs> yeah, and she says, oh, do you see Charity there? I'm on the phone with her mom on the other line and she's very worried about her. So Sam says, oh, I think I see her. That that must be her with Miguel. She, she seems like she's having a great time. She seems fine, she says. And um, Grace says, oh, great. I'll let her mother know. So she clicks back over and tells Faith, my husband's with Charity. She seems fine to him. I'll definitely let her know to catch her bus, though, and tell her that you called. And Faith is like, oh, thank you. You've really made me feel feel so much better. <laughs> I don't know. You say the best conversation. I say the most irritating conversation. I'm so irritated <laughs> by this entire situation with Faith, Grace, and Charity just missing each other completely. Mm-hmm. And now they're like on the phone with one another and still have not figured it out. Yeah, And are both saying things like, you make me feel so... Warm. I don't know what it is about you. I don't know what this is, but I, I'm not normally this close to strangers, but I feel like I've known you my whole life. Well, that's because you have. <laughs> we grew up together. You just don't remember it. I just, why well, wouldn't one of them say, you One know, of them remembers it. The other person doesn't. Yeah. Why wouldn't Faith or one of them say, you know, do you know anybody named Grace? Do you, why wouldn't, you know, I just feel like that if you're looking for someone that you, especially on Faith's end, if you're looking for someone who you have an emotional connection with, who you know you feel, why wouldn't you ask when you're talking to this person on the phone who sounds like you, who gives you these warm, fuzzy feelings, and you're saying, I feel like I've known you and that you're not a stranger. Why wouldn't you ask, like, were you lost in a fire in Boston 20 years ago? Right. I mean... They never even exchange first names. They call each other Miss Stan- Mrs. Standish mm-hmm. and Mrs. Bennett. The show doesn't do any of the work that would actually happen in real life. And instead is leaning on these ridiculous scenarios. So they talk about charity and how much they like each other. And they hang up. And then... Well, Grace tries to make a date to hang out with Faith because they have this connection. And Faith is like, you know, I would love to, but we're actually in the process of moving. And we're going to be gone tomorrow. So I'm so sorry, but we won't be able to. And they're both a little bit upset about this. Mm -hmm. And that is when Grace is like, oh, you know, I have to go, but... I gotta get off to this party. Yeah, so they hang up. Grace leaves. And then Faith says, you know, I should at least get her name, her first name and address. You know, so maybe we could stay in touch that way. So she calls her back. But of course, 
Grace has left mm-hmm. her home. I mean, if she had asked her for her first name, she would have said her name was Grace, and we would have had this... We probably still would have this mystery figured out, because these people are idiots. You know what's also ridiculous? I mean, I know that we keep talking about the voice thing, but they are identical twins, and although Grace has no memory of this, Faith has 20 years worth of memories of her and her sister, mm-hmm. and knows what her sister's voice sounds like. Absolutely. And again, again, these memories are 20 years old, but you would think... That there would be some kind of recall, some kind of recollection there, you know? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. So that's it with their phone call. Grace heads over to the party where almost all of the action of this episode happens. Yeah, the rest of it's It's kind of cool that we didn't move from place to place in this, but we are moving from just like person to person. Yeah. It almost moved more quickly from person to person because we were in the same location Mm -hmm. and they didn't have to do any setup. It's just like, boom, here's this conversation. Boom, here's another conversation. Boom, here's another. Like, so it was just really back and forth. So over at the Lopez Fitzgerald home, Tabitha is again in the bushes plotting on charity. Right. With Timmy. And originally when we were watching it, I said to you, why is she outside again? She came inside. But then I thought about it. And she came in and she didn't know they were having a She feigned ignorance, Mm -hmm. right? And said she didn't know they were having a party. She just brought that over for Pilar Mm. because it was her birthday. And then she left. So I guess that makes sense. well, Whatever. Also, it seems like she would have just stayed for the party, though. She also can't talk to Timmy in public. That's true. Because he's a doll. But what does she need to talk to Timmy about? I don't they know. They don't talk about anything, actually. They really don't. They are just they just rehash the information that we already know. So she's putting together another ridiculous costume. Mm. And Timmy's like, what's this about, Tabitha? <laughs> she pulls out, like, a mustache. And then she pulls out, like, a cap. And at first it looked like a captain, like a an admiral's hat or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? And then I couldn't quite see what it said. I thought it said yellow G's. Oh, really? the way, that, like, the angle on it. And then she finally, like, rotated her head enough that I could see it said yellow cab. So it's like, all right, so I guess this is going to be the plan. She's going to lure Charity into her car. And how is she going to get a yellow cab? I just forgot that she does magic. She does magic. I forgot that she does magic because so many times they choose not to use magic (laughs) when it makes sense and then explain things by just letting us imagine, oh, I guess it was magic. Yeah, so she's putting together this cabbie costume. Ridiculous. Uh, It is very ridiculous. Once we see the whole thing together, though, it works. It works. It works. It doesn't make any sense, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So, so the party. These people are at the party. Tabitha's outside plotting in the bushes. Kay and Reese are dancing. Jessica talks to Charity and Miguel about the love chilies or whatever. And then she says she tells it to Kay again. She repeats this story again to Kay about how if you eat these chilies, the boy who eats the chilies right after you or when y'all eat in the same proximity, I guess, he's going to want to make passionate love to you. You're going to make passionate love to each other. So Kay, like, stuffs her face with these stupid chilies. And then Reese comes behind her and starts stuffing his face with the chilies. <laughs> and they, of course, get, like, a little sick to their yeah. stomachs. You, you know? can't just eat a bunch of peppers. Yeah. These it's- two girls, Kay and Jessica, are so interchangeable to me that in my notes I still refer to them as the wrong sister. Oh, really? In my notes I have it backwards. Well, I do it all I have to double check my brain about it. Like, which one of these girls is this? Yeah, I, they're, they are interchangeable. I like Jessica more. Oh, much more. Much, much more. Kay, Kay is terrible. Mm-hmm. And sick to her stomach because mm-hmm. of the chilies. Because she's an idiot. So, 
Oh, <laughs> I wrote. So the next part of the party, they show us everybody's out where the with the pinata again, and I wrote. They make us suffer through Luis's <laughs> harassment of Sheridan again. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. So they open with him Blindful. like still touching her again before she pulls down his blindfold, you know. And so they argue. And then there's so much. And I know I'm going through this kind of fast, but we got to get through yeah. it. Luis says the best line, though. Yeah, say it. Which is, what, you couldn't find a car to crash, so you crashed my mother's party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he reads her good. He also says, like, what game are you playing? What are you doing here? And then they argue, as they do. Yeah. You know, they argue. Sheridan makes fun of his costume. She calls him Zorro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She calls him Zorro. She says some stuff about his blindfold. Is this how you get girls by wearing a blindfold like Zorro, which he does not wear a blindfold? It's a fucking mask. He can see through it. It doesn't make any sense. That's so stupid. Anyway. That happened. We already know what happened out in the garden, right? Right. So, we go inside, and while Luis is arguing with Sheridan outside, Teresa is inside, and remember, she has fully Mrs. Doubtfired herself (laughs) in the cake, right? And to keep Ethan from seeing her face. So, Teresa at this point is, like, poorly cleaning cake off of her face. Well, she, she kept like, dabbing the same place. Yeah. Because Ethan's not in the kitchen. He went to, like, get a rag or something. He wants to yeah. go get something to help her clean up. Which, they're in the kitchen, so. But anyway, whatever. Doesn't but I matter. think the point is, like, she doesn't really want to get it off because she needs to, because that's her disguise right now. So, she has to pretend that she's cleaning her face, but doesn't really want to But she barely face. has any on her face anymore. Yeah. She, you know, she has some on her nose, and she keeps dabbing at the same spot yeah. on her nose. And then she has some on her, a little bit of frosting on her forehead. The makeup department just didn't want to have to keep caking her face. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, she's ch- just kind of poorly cleaning her face. Ethan comes in and says... Oh, I know how you. I know you. You're Teresa, Pilar's daughter. Because in the other episode, he had said like, "Oh, I I know who you are." And right. we both are like, "Oh, he knows she's Teresa's Pilar's daughter." I mean, yeah, Pilar's yeah, daughter. He, he, you know, and she is relieved because she thought he was gonna say, "You're my stalker," right? But she's relieved, and Ethan apologizes, and he tenderly leans into her. And goes to wipe a little bit of the cake off of her forehead. He says, oh, you've got a little left on your forehead. And he doesn't get it all. No. I just, <laughs> just... He just takes one finger and kind of wipes it across her forehead. Yeah. And then he says, you know, you look familiar because you're Pilar's daughter. But I think you look familiar. I feel like I've met you someplace before. You yeah. look so familiar to me. He just can't place her face for whatever reason, he mm. can't place her face. I mean, if somebody had dumped milkshakes, barbecue sauce, fish guts, put liniment oil on my back, had shown up to my house, it's like flat out stalking me. I probably wouldn't know where I know them from. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I just can't place your face. I don't know where I know you well, from. Well, Ethan isn't the brightest bulb. No, he's not. So the girls are in the kitchen mm-hmm. and Ethan's in the kitchen kind of helping Teresa clean up, blah, blah, blah. Then Simone runs in and says, you girls are missing it. (laughs) Teresa's brother Luis just kissed Sheridan Crane. (laughs) And then she sees Ethan. She says, oh my God, you're Ethan Crane. And he goes, he did what? Yeah. And she goes, uh, and she runs back out. And then Ethan goes, I'm sorry. And that's how kind of Teresa gets out of that situation because she's really saved by Simone. 
because Ethan is like, I got to get out here and, and take care of my aunt. So he goes outside and he says, is it true that he, that he kissed you? And Sheridan's like, no, yeah, yeah, but he was blindfolded. But Ethan's hearing none of it. And he yeah. pushes Louise, shoves him. And then Sam comes between the two of them. Right. He gets in the middle before the fight really breaks out. Right. And then that's when Pilar kind of comes in and is... Yes, she starts apologizing again because, like, the first time it got interrupted uh, by Ethan, Ethan. kind of coming in and then starting this fight. And so she's, she tries again. She's like, look, I feel terrible. I'm so sorry. I don't want you to leave. And for this to be your impression of us, please stay for a while. Have a nice time. And that will make me feel much, much better. And I think you as well. Right. And so they agree kind of reluctantly. And Ethan is like, well, he better, he doesn't say this, but he's like, he better stay the fuck away from me or else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They decide to stay much to Ethan and Louise's chagrin. Mm. I don't think anybody really, you know, any of those three people really no. want to stay. No. They uh, all did it for Pilar, really. Yeah. Because it was her birthday. So let's continue with Sheridan. And Louise. Yes, let's. <laughs> Louise comes into the house and Pilar is taking out records and he sees one of the records she's about to put on. He says, I should have known you were going to put that on. And she says, oh, I just put it on because I love to see you dance. And you don't tell the other kids, but you you are the best dancer of all my children. And, <laughs> and he's, you know, inf- inflated a little bit. Yeah. He's like, oh, thank you, mama. And she puts on this record. And so he's going around the room asking people to dance with him. Right. right? He asks Eve and Eve says, no, thank you. And TC says, yeah, she doesn't dance anymore because I don't dance anymore. And yeah. They have a little moment because his legs all fucked up. And Pilar turns him down to his own mother. He asks her to dance. She's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so then he kind of backs into Sheridan. And as he's turning around, he says, oh, would you like to dance? And he realizes it's Sheridan. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're not going to ask me to dance? And he says, you couldn't tango. You have to have Latin blood. So they're going to do a tango. Again, this party, we don't know what the heritage is, the heritage is of this party. Now it's Argentinian. I don't know. So, so she's like, no, you know nothing about me. I can tango. And so these two people, tango. Yes, I wrote down that they angry tango. And it starts off that way, and it's amazing. It's long. It's so long. While the rest of the story that we're going to tell takes place, these two tango. They tango well, for the entire time. So we're going to tell the rest of the story, and then at, once we finish, we're going to say, and then Louise and Sheridan <laughs> stop their tango. Because that's how long. That's how long. They tango forever. Forever and ever. So while they're tangoing. While they're tangoing, we um, see Miguel again and charity talking and charity looks at the clock and says it's almost like time standing still when i'm with you it's hilarious because how difficult is it to look at the clock and see it says 6:10 and then you look at it you go about your life you do some other stuff you turn back around later after dancing and getting some food and having a drink and you see it says 6:10 wouldn't you think oh the clock is broken not oh time is standing still clearly time has passed and the clock just hasn't noted that nope yep it doesn't make any sense. It's so funny. It's like time is standing still. So they have another conversation about her living in harmony and them finding her long lost aunt, her her mom's long lost sister. It doesn't again still doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. And 
Then Lu- Miguel leaves. I'm not sure where he went or why he went there. But oh, I think it's, he's, I don't know if it was at this point. I can't remember. I do know at one point he says, well, my brother is a police officer. Maybe he can help. So maybe he goes to get Louise. Oh, but Luis is busy tangoing. But Luis is busy tangoing. And so he <laughs> so just kind of gets sucked into yeah, that. So he's waiting for I don't Luis know. to finish his tango. I don't know. That would make sense because Reese and Kay kind of like start feeling really sick. And so they kind of wander over to where Charity is. And then Charity says, oh my gosh, time isn't standing. Time is standing still because the clock is broken. That's the problem. And then Kay is like, oh, you know, you should take a cab because you missed the last bus. And so then she and Simone kind of shuffle her out of the party and take her to the cab. Kay really wants to get Charity out of Harmony. Well, she's the obstacle standing between her and Miguel, so she thinks. Yeah, Kay is her own obstacle. Right. But she, she thinks it's charity, so her her primary goal is to get this girl gone. Yeah. She says, you know what? You can take a cab. And she's acting like she's so concerned about Charity getting home. And Charity's like, oh, but I, I should say goodbye to Miguel. And she says, do, you don't really have time, do you? Don't you need to get home? So they go right. out, and they says, let's, let's find you a cab. Uh, they're in a residential neighborhood. And a and, cab is just sitting there? And an old-timey cab. Yeah, from like the 50s. <laughs> an old-timey cab. She says, oh, look, a cab. Are you kidding me? This is so... This Now, this is... When I say this show is sloppy, this is what I mean. Because Kay says, we can get you a cab. Tabitha, who is not in cahoots with Kay in any way, has decided that she's going to be a cab driver. Mm-hmm. How do these two things work out? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a big presumption for on Tabitha's part to to just jump to. Well, someone will suggest that this girl gets a cab, or she'll figure it out on her own. That's a big presumption because for me, I would have thought based on my time growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, that one of the parents would have just driven taken her home. Taken me home. Yep. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Grace Bennett would have heaven, would have taken me the yeah. fuck home. Yeah. Call your mom. Your mom will talk to an adult, and one of them will take you home. Yeah. You, like, 15-year-olds don't take cab rides betwe- between... Did I say cab rides? I think so. <laughs> well, that's okay. Fifteen-year-olds don't take cab rides between towns, you know, between cities. I took a cab when I was in high school to my voice lessons before school started, before I got my car. Mm. So, and that was like 15 minutes to the university and then 15 minutes to my school. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't send a kid in a cab by themselves anywhere, really, especially to another town. Right. Yeah. The whole thing is, is, again, it's just flimsy. It's like you're saying where it's just lazy writing. And it's odd how the show sometimes really goes out of their way to explain certain things, but then takes leaps and bounds <laughs> of assumption and then just doesn't bother dealing with it ever. Ugh. It's really kind of surprising. Yeah. So they find this cab and they kind of try to rush Charity off, but Charity wants to say goodbye to, to Miguel. She's like, I don't feel right about leaving. I would really, I really need to say goodbye to him. But 
Kay's not having any of it. She's like, no, if you don't take this cab now, you might not be able to get another one. And then Tabitha, in the front seat as the cabbie, goes, that's right, you might not be able to get me next time. The the voice that she is using is insane. But it's kind of like a Cockney accent ish but she's trying to do like a grumbly old smoker voice on top of it yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's remarkable <laughs> it, it's so awful but hilarious but also just terrible i don't i just can't describe it so Kay does convince charity to take this cab and not to talk to miguel but charity gives Kay a message for miguel and says what she say to her? Do you remember? Well, Simone and Jessica are also there. Right, but she and tells so her to she, Kay. She gives the message to Kay, but we all know that Jessica's going to be the one to tell Miguel, not Kay. Right. But she says something along the lines of, um, I didn't write it down exactly, but that this was like the most special day in her life, that she really enjoyed getting to know him and meet his friends in harmony, and that she'll like remember him forever. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so... Charity gets in the cab with Tabitha, who is out to kill her. Yeah. Let's not forget. And t- and Timmy is like hidden under a blanket mm-hmm. and just kind of poking his head out every once in a while. And they give us another one of those little circle oh. PSAs where Tabitha comes up in a little circle at the bottom of the screen and says, what Tabitha and Timmy are doing is very naughty, but remember, you should always wear your seatbelt. I don't even know why they felt that one necessary. I don't know why they did a PSA about wearing your seatbelt, but not about smoking, because this woman has a giant cigar hanging out of her mouth. True. I don't understand. So, when Faith called Grace Bennett and said, Charity's in danger! She was right. Charity is absolutely in danger. She is in danger now. And, um, so, we go back into the party. Miguel is really bummed that Charity has left. He's mm-hmm. looking for her. He's really sad. He's really upset. He's like, why would she leave without saying goodbye? And Kay kind of explains it away and says, well, she really needed to get out of town before it's dark, you know? Mm-hmm. She, But I'll, I'm here to comfort you, Miguel. <laughs> oh, she's so ridiculous, this Basically. one. And he says, well, did she say anything? And she says, well, I don't recall. And of course, Jessica comes in with the save and says... You know, says what Charity said, you know. Yeah. And he, I guess that makes him feel a little bit better, but he's pretty sad about it. He also makes an excellent point, which is, if you knew she was leaving, why wouldn't you come get me? We're in my house. I was five feet away in my bedroom. Yeah. Like, what's what's the problem here? Yeah. Which is a, an excellent point. Kay, exp- Kay goes, well, Miguel, she freaked out when she realized she had missed her bus and she just had to get out of here. Like, yeah. Ugh. Kay it's sucks. terrible. I don't like her. I don't like her either. So that happens. And then we also see at the party Sam and Grace mm-hmm. talk about Sam going to the crane mansion. I missed why he was going to Yeah, so he tells Grace that he is not really sure why, but every year the uh, police chief has to go over budget things with Julian Crane so he's like this is but this is his first time doing it he's like I guess I have to go to the Crane mansion and do this it seems really weird but that's what's always been done so I'm gonna go and see what this is about and then figure it out from there and Grace is like oh my god the Crane mansion I've never been further than the gate please make sure you let me know what Ivy Crane is wearing and Sam's like (laughs) yeah he just kind of has a moment he looks like far off into the distance and then snaps back into reality Mm -hmm. and is like why would I 
why would I have been to the Crane Mansion? Because Grace is like, have you been there before? And he's like, well, why would I have been? Like, he doesn't actually answer the question. He kind of mm-hmm. answers it with another question, which obviously means that he's been there before. Right. And he's very defensive about it. And he says, I'm probably not even going to see Ivy Crane. Yeah. You know? And she's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll see you at home later. Love yeah. you. We should also say that Sam tells Luis that he needs to be careful with Sheridan. Remember the video. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff. He has to go see Julian Crane about the police budget. You know, we know that the Cranes run this town. It's kind of you and me against the world, kid. You know, and he goes, next time, we could get burnt. You need to be careful. Yeah. So then the next thing we see is Sam Bennett on the steps of the Crane Mansion. And he's ready to knock on the door, but we get a flashback. Oh, do we get a flashback? We get a flashback of Sam in the worst wig I've ever seen in my entire life. Look. When we did Orpheus and I had to wear that wig, mm-hmm. I thought that was the first. The second one was better. That first wig, I thought, was the worst wig in all of wig history. It's very ugly. It was very ugly. We should put it I on looked- the Instagram. We should put both of these on the Instagram. <laughs> the Orpheus wig okay. and, and let find- people vote. Which wig is Which worse? Which wig is worse? I'll find a picture and put it up. It was the worst. I was playing a boy, so I had like this terrible sh- short hair, and it was just an awful look on me, but on top of it, it was like a bad wig. <laughs> so bad. Sam's wig is one hundred times worse. <laughs> it was so bad. It was kind. Of, it was kind of shaggy, and they clearly were trying to do like a seventies thing, right? Yeah, that but it was it, so long ago. It was like clumpy. It was like clumpy together. It looks like it hadn't been styled at all. Yeah, it came down to right about his shoulder. It was. It, it was, was lopsided. It was, it was the wrong color. It was yeah. like a light brown. It was. <laughs> Horrible, but um, he he's banging in this. We have gone too far on this wig. In the flashback, which is the most important thing, he's banging on the front door of the Crane Mansion. Yeah, and he's going Ivy. He's cr- screaming for Ivy to come out, and Pilar opens the door and she says, "They're not here. Nobody's here. They're gone." And Ivy and Julian have gotten married, mm. and you can tell Sam's really broken up about it. He's yeah. like, no. No. Yep. That's all and we, we get. And snap out of it. That's all we That's get on that flashback. So, I mean, we already knew it from Ivy's perspective, mm-hmm. but it's nice to see Sam's side of it, mm-hmm. you know? Because obviously there's going to be some misinformation that gets in between these two and their love story. Yep. Yeah. So, meanwhile, at the party... <laughs> Let's jump back to the party because Teresa and Whitney are now in Teresa's bedroom. Oh shit! I forgot because she has that. to clean all that cake off of her face and Whitney's, and get and get into her disguise. Well, and figure out what to do because Whitney's like, you need to just stay in here and hide. Yeah. And Teresa's like, no, I need to get into my disguise. And they're just trying to figure out what to do. Whitney's again is like, Teresa, you have to quit this job. You cannot go back to the Crane Mansion. This is absolutely absurd. So Ethan, of course mistakes Teresa's bedroom for the bathroom. And why does he just enter? If you're at a party... Well, I think he knocked because... So we were talking. I think yeah. we were talking when he knocked because we both were like, is he just going to go into the bathroom yeah. with the door closed? He thinks it's the bathroom, so he's just going to go in. But when he opens the door... Oh, okay. We see her. She she comes to the door. So okay. I think he does knock. Okay. And then she, Whitney answers. I thought that he just started opening it when he kind of intercepted. But again, we were talking, so like, might have just missed it. I don't know. Whitney answers the door, and Ethan recognizes her as the girl that he saw down at the pier. The barrel girl. Yeah. And he <laughs> said, well, I saw you down at the pier, remember? And 
I was looking for a girl and don't you worry, I'm going to find her. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then she kind of tries to shoo him away, but he pushes his way into the room. Yeah, he, he kind of pushes his way into Teresa's room. Yeah. Like, this is not the bathroom and you're looking for the bathroom. So well, as soon as you knew it's not the bathroom, just say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to, uh, where's the bathroom? Right. Uh, this was stupid too. So then Teresa kind of stumbles out in her disguise. She did it as fast as she could. Her wig is still a little bit like crooked. She's got those glasses on. She's, yeah. She got in that thing as fast as she could, honestly. And he still he does not recognize her as his stalker, but he says again that there's something so familiar about her. Yeah. He just can't place it. There's something so familiar about Teresa. About Teresa. So that happens. And then Sheridan and Luis stop tangoing. <laughs> finally, they finally stop their tango. That's been like ten minutes ago. Remember when we were talking about how they were tangoing? Ten minutes ago, they we started tango. dancing. Uh, mm, it was so long. It was really so long. It was so long, and you can hear the music in the background through the, yeah. all the other scenes, tracking everything else. They have yeah. the same tango music through all the other scenes, so that's how you know they're still doing their tango. Yeah. And it would cut back to them doing that tango from time that to time. It was amazing. I wonder how long they spent like choreographing L- learning and learning that, that thing. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why they had to tango for so long where they were like, we learned all of this. Y'all are going to show it. We spent some money doing this, so yeah. we got to put it on camera now. Yeah. So he goes back to the living room, catches the tail end of the tango, and talks to Sheridan and Sheridan's like yeah I just tangled with Luis Lopez Fitzgerald and at the end of it so the the tango started off and both Sheridan and Luis were angry with each other they had a lot of animosity they both felt like they had been treated unfairly by the other and by the end of it that fiery passion kind of turned into this admiration. They're yeah. like, wow, you can really do this and you're a good dancer and I'm having fun with you. And They don't say that to each other. They though. don't say it. We see this all happen, but yeah. they don't say anything to each other. Yeah. Um, and by the end of it, they're kind of like having fun mm-hmm. and making eyes mm-hmm. at each other. Mm-hmm. And they are very obviously into it. Luis deserves better. But <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So at the end of it, Sheridan says to Ethan, you know, he's actually a pretty good dancer, but don't tell him I said that. His, his ego's already too big. And then um, Louise says the same thing to Pilar. She's actually a pretty good dancer, but don't tell her that. Her ego's already too big. They yeah. say, like, the exact same thing. So, yeah, they love each other. They we know other. they love each other. I don't mind this. Like, the Grace Faith stuff is annoying, like, these near misses, but I don't mind this prolonged, like... No, this makes sense. ...meet cute between Louise and Sheridan Yeah, no, this actually makes sense. They they should grow to love each other. They hate each other. Right. They have a long journey ahead. He definitely hates... He definitely hates the cranes, you know? Oh, and she hates him specifically. Yeah, and so this makes sense. The Grace and Faith stuff does not make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And that's why it aggravates me. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Grace and Faith, at one point we cut back to Faith's home, and she just kind of yells out into the void. She goes, don't let the darkness hurt my baby! Yeah. (laughs) And then... This, like, little angel figurine starts glowing and starts, like, floating I through the air. I thought that happened. I thought she yelled after the angel. So we see her. She hangs up the phone. Or she, you know, she's, like, feeling all right about charity. And then we see the angel start to float. I thought she yells out first because remember that I think that's what I think that's what kind of activated it because she had like she was like packing things up and rolling her different 
angels and things into paper and putting them away. And I think that's what she's like, please don't let anything happen. And then the angel starts floating. And then she again reiterates, she's like, charity's in trouble. I need to pray. Oh, okay. So that is Um, almost the end. Almost the end. But charity is in the cab with Tabitha. Cabby Tabby. Cabby Tabby. Tabitha's saying kind of to herself, she's like, this little brat is in my clutches and no one can save her now. And her getup is just ridiculous. She's a, again in like prosthesis, like the, yeah. the stuff that's like on her face. You would not know actress. her. She does not look like Tabitha. She doesn't look like Tabitha. It's a good disguise, unlike Teresa's. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she then starts to kind of talk to Charity about, you know, where you going mm-hmm. and this and that. And Charity is reluctant to tell this cabbie about her life as she should be. But yeah. then she's. But then she shares it all anyway. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, you know, my mom's making us move. And Tabitha, the cabbie, is like, oh, why is that happening? And then Charity's like, oh, well, I shouldn't tell you, but there's evil that's out here that's going to destroy us. Yeah. <laughs> and Tabitha's like, I've got you now. Yeah. So uh, Charity is in Tabitha's clutches. We shall see how yeah. Charity gets out of this. I, you know, we, I don't know. I you, wonder... know she's, you know Charity's not going to die. No. You know she... the, the Tabitha's going to be foiled again. She's going to get out of it for sure. They keep cutting back to Timmy kind of like peeping out from, I think, under a blanket. Mm-hmm. And so I do kind of... And he, this whole time, has been questioning Tabitha. What are we going to do? I don't want to hurt Charity. Like, And I do kind of wonder if he's going to step in Put somehow. Put a little kink in the plan. Do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. So that's the episode. That's it, yes? That's it. That's it. Remember that you can... Follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Passions Podcast, or you can email us if you want, passionspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can definitely subscribe to us and mm-hmm. you give should us a rating. Subscribe to us. Give us a rating on Apple, please, and thank you. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Nope, I don't think so. I'm going to take a nap. Oh, a little gonna, nappy poo. Going to write some lesson plans. Good for you. Good for you for doing work. I'm not going to do any fucking work. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. All right. You are my passion for life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>